Yes, you have lived to see the day that adults can buy cannabis in a store and walk away with a bag of weed. I got a bag of pot right here, and I'm just like walking around like, hello, I got my, my goodies right here. I can't believe it's happened in my home state, but the adult use cannabis era has started and close to $5 million in sales have happened already over the first three weeks of operations at Cultivate in Leicester and Netta in Northampton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. And we are the premier podcast on the brand new cannabis multimedia network that launched over the last week. Yes, you can still get this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, and a video version will be available on the WeedTube.com. Just go to the WeedTube.com and search In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Amazing how that works. We are supported by the Revolutionary Clinics in both Cambridge and in Somerville. They are the premier medicinal dispensary of cannabis in the greater Boston area where the patient always comes first. They are offering now infused hot and cold beverages that includes coffee and apple cider pods. The word is apple cider pods. Rev Clinics can be found at 67 Broadway in Somerville and 110 Fawcett Street in Fresh Pond in Cambridge. Joining me in studio today is the CEO and the search master of the internet. His name is Seth Werby and he is from the Cannabis Creative Group, but you also have a reputation in some other businesses that you've been involved with. Seth, thank you so much for coming in today. It's my pleasure. Pleasure to be here. I just want to go back to um, regulations because we were talking a little bit about the rules in this industry. Um, as you know, the medical program in Massachusetts has been going on. I think we're in our third year, maybe even entering our fourth year now. Mm-hmm. Um, rec and adult use has just started. How it's got, first of all, the job that the Cannabis Commission has is a monumental one. I think everybody recognizes that and um, has given tremendous patience to how slowly they are rolling this out. And they're being directed by the governor and even the Boston mayor, too, who are not on board with, they are not pro question for uh, politicians. Um, that being said, they know that their populace wants it, so they're trying to do the right thing, but by going slow. Mm-hmm. Um, now, t- oh, now that the money is flowing in fast, that's well, changing quickly. And actually, that is going to dictate when federally it becomes descheduled. Oh, yeah. And I think, based on what I hear from the industry and reading every single day, you know, multiple newsletters, there's a ton of money going into the lobbying effort in D.C. to get it descheduled as quickly as possible so that the financial institutions can start helping out a brand new industry. Correct. Because the almighty dollar drives everything, doesn't it? Well, it's funny. You can, you know, my clients can technically cash, um, you know, hold the cash and do business. They're doing everything above the board. They can't go to a legal, a federal bank and bank it yet. They have to pay federal taxes on it. So right. you know, you know, there's kind of a catch twenty two there. Um, and being at all these shows over the last year or two and seeing, like you said, you walk into one of these shows, and if you haven't been, I recommend it to anybody. It's it's eye opening. I mean, you have vape pen companies, you have plumbers, you have electricians, you have packagers, lawyers, packagers. Admittedly, we're one of one of very few marketing companies that have a presence. Um, 
But at the end of the day, you have all the auxiliary businesses that allow cannabis to run, and these businesses, most of them can bank because they're not touching product, but the producers, the edible companies, the the extraction companies, anybody touching product and selling product to consumers legally have that, that issue, and, you know, and they run into it. Um, it's one of those things that the, you know, once it happens, you're going to see more corporations getting involved. And with that, you're going to have, uh, you know, exit strategies from smaller players. So it's it's, a, it's an interesting time. I, I'd like it to come. I'd also like to see it done right, and that's the important thing. So I do think there'll be a time, on you know, without getting too far into my own beliefs again, you know, with an election coming up in the next few years, there's no question that uh, which, whatever side of the ballot you're on, there's going. This is going to be a hot button, uh, you know, item on, on the ballot. And everybody has to have an idea of what they, whether were they a pro, con, medicinal versus adult use, all that neat stuff. Uh, so I guess the question I'm going to have, um, uh, the next thing to talk about really is how it's being delivered to the public. And I and I use the word delivery because in the medicinal world, you can now um, go online, order online, absolutely, and have it delivered to your um to your home correct but they're trying to stifle that on the adult use side um you know the the cannabis commission wants to do it but they can't figure out how to do it Mm -hmm. and that because they really want to get it right and i i respect that but you're also um stifling an industry that's just dying to get going in this state and um there's so much money in this state right now as far as investment dollars, I think I just saw another company that um, had a Holliston base that raised $40 million <laughs> or something. Mayflower, potentially, yeah. I think is the one in Holliston. I'm yeah. not sure off the top of my head. but yeah. I, think, I that's think that's what it was. Mayflower uh, it's just incredible to me how much money is going into this uh, into this business. Mm-hmm. And it going it's going beyond the medicinal use. And um, I guess um, on the delivery side of things, mm-hmm. is this not where search enters in and you want – revolutionary clinics to come up because they're your clients yeah i mean that's the goal right is that you want you want your business to come up so that uh you know it's selected there's more to it than that but you know delivery is just part of it if whether or not it's allowed then people will be searching for it if it's not allowed then they're going to be searching for you know what's the closest one walking distance what you know so the beauty of delivery i think is it does a few things for people it allows, A, the handicapped or somebody who can't get out of the house or out of work, um, you know, maybe not handicapped, but just handicapped with time, um, a, a convenience, which is obviously helpful. There are still people that, even though it's going to get destigmatized more and more over the next few years, that are still going to feel that pressure and not go into a dispensary because almost like, you know, if you're 18 and you know, somebody you've never drinking or your friends want you to go into a strip club. It's that weird, awkward feeling the first time you use a fake ID. It's just that a cop gets behind you and the blues go on. You know, the heart kind of drops. Um, and you're going to have that with adults again. Um, you know, and everybody knows that experience. If you say you don't, then you're lying. I, 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 I call BS on you because <laughs> there's no question that uh, at the end of the day, everybody knows has that feeling with something in their life. It's it, maybe meeting their significant other in that awkward, you know, feeling gut in their stomach. So, you know, what's going to happen over time is you're going to see more and more of a shift for sure. All right, just uh, for accuracy, because, you know, in the media, we really do strive for accuracy, <laughs> whether people think that or not. It's Ascend Wellness announced it raised $40 million, led That's by 
the Poseidon Asset Management Group, Salvio Capital, JM10 Partners, and Shire Capital Advisors, which really, truly, if you want to read between the lines, it's a lot of rich investment bankers who recognize an opportunity. Um, what's your feeling about public offerings? And because you know, a, a lot of people, you mentioned Google. I wanted to buy Google stock when it first came out, and all that. There is a lot of speculation going on, especially north of the border. Now that Canada has mm-hmm. been the first G seven nation, um, what's your feeling? Do you even follow that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm partnered with some of the publicly owned companies. We're already doing work for some of them. Um, we have a, uh, a company out of Toronto that actually does some really cool um, augmented reality stuff so they can take a um, you know a nugget if you will uh, a nice looking cannabis bud and and uh, superimpose it onto this table right here in front of us Jimmy and we could spin it around we can look at it in a 3d angle were they at Nikan? Uh yeah they've been kind of everywhere so you know they're they're a bigger company and then you know there are lots of different companies out there going public uh, I, I caution people beware you know I have friends and family that have done very well in cannabis stocks but you know, if you're not in the industry, you're throwing darts at the wall um, unless you're getting good advice. Uh, so, you But know, who knows? Who's the expert in this yeah, if it's you, a brand new field, right? You don't want your money to go up in smoke, no pun intended. Uh, so there it is. There but, it is. Uh, you know, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong element. I love that. But, uh, no, anyways, I mean, being in the space, it's just like anything else. I mean, when, you know, when I was a kid, me and my brother liked playing Madden football, and we said, hey, let's buy some EA Sports stock because – you know, we buy this every year, and they're doing well. And, you know, he made Uber's amounts of money off, you know, sitting on that for 20 years. Or I said to my mom, you know, as a 13-year-old, hey, I have some extra cash from X, Y, or Z. I want to buy McDonald's stock. My friends are going there. Abercrombie & Fitch because it was popular. So, you know, very, very familiar with that. And uh, Is that the 3D reality company? Because they were at Nikan. That's where yeah, that picture that's came ne- from. Next Tech AR. Yep, that's them there. So that's, <laughs> they're a great company. And, and we're doing some stuff with them. So Jimmy's got a picture of him with a uh, a bud a bud just uh, hanging in front of his face. And it's, it's really a- cool. Check out their app. And, uh, and you'll be seeing more and more of that. It'll be in the dispensaries. You know, with the regulations, you can't touch in the dispensary. You can't touch product while you're in there until you physically walk out. Um, so the use of technology to help sell the product is going to become more and more. And with this hologram and AR technology, it'll be the closest way, um, you know, with that and a smell slide to really smell the bud and then spin it around to really see what you're getting. You know, and then there's the the Pocus, um, I forget the, the Focus Pocus or whatever it's called, which most of the dispensaries have now, which light up in a canister and allow you to see through a magnifying glass, you know, the crystals and everything you're getting into and the cannabinoids and and all that, and the trichomes, and all that good stuff. But everybody's got, um, you know, a different preference. And uh, it's and like wine. It's like microbreweries. It, it's right. I mean, there's a million choices, and you have to figure out what you're looking for. Yep. And the beauty and the dispensaries that are doing well are the ones that are allowing people to easily see what they have and using technology to do that, which also makes it kind of exciting. You know, I spent time. Um, in, a, in a Vegas dispensary where it was all iPads, all touchscreens, and really enjoyed the experience. Now, I paid a premium, A, because it was probably closer to the Strip, um, than, than walking a, you know, a little further where locals might go, so they were catering to the tourist. But their uh, whole marketing was, was that we're a premium shop, not a premium quality cannabis shop. We're a premium experience, and that was true. They spent all their money on the entire, from start to finish, my entire experience was spinning things on iPads and until I actually was just handed a few pre-rolls and some stuff to walk out to the hotel with. So, um, never a dull moment. 
And and again, it's the adult playground. It's the perfect place to have uh, legalized cannabis. True. It's it's but it's happening everywhere. I mean, right. that's just an experience where there were literally twelve hundred cannabis businesses uh, conjugated for a week. So we had a chance to really spend time with a, a plethora of companies, from cannabis clothing companies that do hemp to grow farms that do you know just cbd to cpas that like you said are getting around the federal regulations because they can't do financial banking um you know one of our clients is the national cannabis um uh, risk management association so they're actually a group insurance group i mean there's a lot in ncrma it's a ncrma.net i mean it's a great uh service for these companies because they can't go to a traditional broker for some of this stuff and there are a lot of people out there that you wouldn't think it, and and I was surprised with that many people, over a hundred thousand people there, I believe. Um, I've really felt like during the day, you know, the Boston shows, you see a cloud of smoke out in front of the Heinz, and there are people, probably fifty percent of the people out are actually using cannabis as well as the show. Where this, you know, on the West Coast, I'm seeing that it's a business. There's more suit and ties, um, less people outside hitting a you know, a morning joint before they go stand at their booth and you'll see in Boston. And and that shift will happen here, too. I was going to say, that's the novelty of it, Once it? the money comes in, yeah. it'll become a business Are across you, the board. As a, um, we're talking with Seth Werby from the Cannabis Creative Group, and he is a search engine optimization expert, certainly someone who's been in that space for quite a long time, uh, and, it, and now has really traveled the country doing research on this industry and, and really has a good feel for it. Um, social clubs mm-hmm. still has not th- th- again the cannabis commission has not figured out what are we going to do with this you know there is one in worcester called mm-hmm. the summit lounge which is a private club um i i saw another entity uh, sacrilicious which is uh, 225 dollars a plate uh for infused me an infused mm-hmm. meal uh, also in a private uh, area, yep. but social clubs are going to be open to the public. Yes. How, if you were sitting on that commission, again, this is your opinion, Seth. Mm. I'm not holding, this is not your your company's opinion. This is just you as someone who's enjoyed it and, and uses it. How would you create a social club that everybody can go to and relax and have a good time just like you would go to a watering hole as an adult to go to a bar. So how would I create one? How would you create one? What do you think, what are some of the the parameters around it that, you know, that, that the public can feel safe, even though you and I both know that that is part of the stigma? Yeah, great question. I mean, obviously, Amsterdam's been doing it for years with coffee shops, and, you know, people go to bars here locally in the States to drink alcohol, so... Creating an, an atmosphere where people can be themselves but also socialize. Um, you know, you do have some people that like to smoke on their own and, and are independent smokers, and, you know, you need to give them an area too. The thing that I find the most interesting around it is uh, the laws that were passed in Massachusetts when they were passed, I don't think the people passing them realized how how they were written and how lean not lenient, but how— Vague. Vague comparatively to the other great word. How vague they are comparatively to other states— we really go much further uh, in Massachusetts than other states do, and I'm very excited to see what comes of it. Are we going to have movie theaters? Are we going to have yoga studios? Is that going to really happen? And if it does, I think that will also help. You know, going back to the destigmatization, I, I dwell on that because a, I've been one of those people that I mean, I've been a top earner in businesses and been asked to leave the companies 
because I smell a little bit like my shirt smells from the night before from a little bit of cannabis or something like that. And, you know, not necessarily that being a true story, but the point being is those are the types of things that I've had, you know, kind of looked at me upon and, you know, oh, because you're you're a heavy cannabis user. Well, what's that mean? I work 14 hours a day. I do this. I do that. It helps me, you know, sleep, whatever it is. Um, the industry needs more people like you, by the way, at the sea level, coming out and admitting that you are a regular user, and it enhances your life. It does not detract from it. Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, meeting with my my team, uh, my business partner is my father, uh, and he's you know he's 60, Whoa. 67, 68 years old, and he's a 40 year CFO. And and we sat and talked about this a few months ago, and said, look, you know, this is something that we need to make a a, a decision. We have clients that run from non the gamut from nonprofit attorneys, some of the bigger ones in the country, to all the way up to you know, as I mentioned, restaurants to chemical companies to oil companies. I mean, I've done websites for pizza shops and all different types of businesses. And you know, admittedly, there was the fear that um, you know, at first, well, if they find out we're doing cannabis type work, you know, we're working with a caregiver and we're working with a blunt wrap company and. We're working with a lab, and we have a vape company, and we have multiple pet CBD companies, and, you know, all these different uh, entities that we're working with. You know, it was a challenge, so that's why we spun off Cannabis Creative Group. But as this year has progressed, uh, you know, I've made a business decision and a personal decision um, that it's one of those things that, you know what, I'm going to be, you know, proud of it. We're going to get out in front of it, and uh, and it's been a competitive advantage. We actually find that the companies that were – uh, going up against, you know, aren't open about their usage and customers production dispensaries. You know, when I get in and talk about my knowledge of sour diesel versus ghost OG versus, you know, how their pre-roll suck us, it canoed halfway through or how, you know, I took an edible and it didn't do it, you know, or whatever. When they hear that level of knowledge, but also I hope that you're hearing it today on this conversation, but the level of expertise in, yes. in my career, mm-hmm. um, combining those two things, it's, it's fun. It's become a passion, and uh, and my team uh, of you know people in Newton and 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 with consultants all over the state, actually all over the country. But you know my team at Champ and at Cannabis Creative Group, uh, you know, is buying into it. Not all of them smoke or use cannabis, but they're understanding and know that it's part of our culture, and it's something that uh, yeah we're proud of, and that we're going to continue to to strive to to do better work in. Well, I, I, I salute you for that, and I really appreciate you coming in. I do want to mention one thing about the writing of the law. Mm-hmm. The question four that passed and the writing of the law was done by an attorney. <laughs> and I got to tell you, all the big uh, attorney houses and, and firms in in Boston now have cannabis divisions because of the vagueness of that law, yeah. because it's subject to interpretation. And I guess that's how it's supposed to be. But who makes out on that? The lawyers do. I mean, they have... They have regulations now for the for the adult use world, the rec world versus the medicinal world. Um, you know, one bank in Boston is taking uh, medicinal money from and charging a fortune per uh, month for that. Hmm. Uh, I know the bank, and I'm, I'm just going to let them go because they're kind of friendly with them. I bank with them. Okay, good. <laughs> and you know what? I've known the Sloan family for a long time. I'll, I'll throw them out there. It's Century Bank. Um, one, you mentioned a company that uh, you slipped it in, Pet CBD. Yeah, there's so there's pet CBD. Um, you want to break down what pet CBD is? And well, I mean, I just first of all, I just got to kind of grasp that for a second that there are pet owners who are now using CBD, which is the uh, anti-inflammatory component to the cannabis plant, one of the hundreds of chemicals that are in it, Absolutely. 
Um, and they're they're helping their pets out with their various ailments, I'm guessing. Correct. How do you know if the pet really is enjoying the experience? You know, you joke. And <laughs> Where's I... Dr. Doolittle when you need him, right? I'm sorry. No, you joke. I said the same thing. So Sharon and Beth, they're... Um... You know, clients are right here in Needham, Massachusetts. They a company called Petties. Um, also can be, you know, also CBDs because they have a human product now too. But Petties is their pet um, pet product. It's fantastic. So if you do have a pet out there, um, I would definitely check it out. Go to their website. You can get it. Uh, get in touch with them right on there. Um, but you know, let me tell you a little bit. I have a I have a cat I took in 16 years ago and. Um, when all my buddies and I decided to move out of Vermont, it was time to go to Boston. It was like, uh oh, I got a cat and the kid, everybody else is gone. I guess, you know, this two year old kitten that's been running around our yard and, you know, is coming home with me. Well, fast forward 16 years and, you know, now I have an older cat that's starting to have some arthritis issues and issues finding the old litter box and, you know, things that happen with a, an age. O- on, an, on, with age, with an older being. With, I wouldn't just say with a cat. I, I mean, oh no. I mean, I've seen you, Jimmy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I hope you're not. By the way, you mentioned your dad is 67. <laughs> I said, oh my god, at least he's older than me, but only by a few years. <laughs> no worries. So, so, anyways, no, and he's he's still not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, but anywho, um, you know what? I, I joked with them when they first gave me a sample of this, and. I said, well, how am I going to know she likes it? Is she going to wake up in the morning and be like, meow, 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 I really like that? Like, <laughs> you know, how can you tell? But It's going to be like I, catnip. I hear, yeah, I know, right? I hear more and more stories, and I saw it with my cat, and, and I've seen it with my friend's dog where, you know, uh, symptoms have changed. Um, you know, if they're lethargic, if they're, you know, whether they have arthritis in the legs, um, hips, whatever it might be, uh, they're not eating their food, the, the noticeable change in their behavior um, and then again, who, you know, there's the amount of money people spend on their pets. If, you know, when it comes to age specifically, if there's nothing you can do except make them, make them more comfortable, if you feel that it's making them more comfortable and you can visibly see those changes in behavior, um, then sometimes that's the right, right decision. So, you know, it, it is an interesting one because you joke, you know, how do you know? And it's the same thing with treats and food. And admittedly, when, when I first had a pet, I kept a whole uh, Excel sheet on which cans of food were being eaten and which weren't, so I wouldn't waste money on, you know, if she didn't like beef or didn't, you know, like tuna and didn't like, you know, so you... You, you know, mean that a cat is finicky? I am shocked to hear that. Yeah, well, <laughs> had, a, had a buck something a can when you're a college kid. You have to, right. fi- you have to figure out pretty quickly... Uh, you know, which ones are going away. Plus, they start to smell if they don't eat them. So you, you want them picked up. <laughs> All right. That's Seth Werby. He is the co-founder and managing partner in the Cannabis Creative Group. And, of course, all you need to do is search Cannabis Creative Group or one of those words. I don't know if group shows up, but I'm guessing you would still show up in any search, right? Yeah, as you start to search Cannabis Creative Group, it'll auto-fill us in. Um, you know, obviously, the word cannabis is pretty broad, so you're going to want to get past that word there. And uh, and the URL is CannabisCreativeGroup.com. You can also learn more about us at uh, Champ Internet. That's C-H-A-M-P. So if you're the champ, you're the best, you know, the leader. Um, so at Champ, we do full-service marketing. Uh, like I said, that business will be 10 years, April 1st, since I started it out of my bedroom with a couple of blunts in my hand and uh, an idea. Now 30 employees and a, and a large office with a ping-pong table and life-size Jenga and hoverboards and golf clubs and everything that you'd want to you know, enjoy going to work for the day, free coffee and Kit Kats and the whole thing. Um, but you can check us out at champinternet.com. And there you'll see some of our traditional work, our non-cannabis work. So you can see it in both places, but it's really it's the same team doing the great work under one roof. And uh, whether it be uh, in cannabis or not, it's you know the best practices are there, and we can 
make it happen. Well, I salute you and congratulate you on your success in business and in life. And, and I appreciate you coming in here on this day as well. You've been listening to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, the premier podcast for the new Cannabis Multimedia Network, also available on the clnsmedia.com website, iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. A video version will be placed on theweedtube.com. Just search In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. It pops right up. All the shows from the past are there. And we are supported by the Revolutionary Clinics in Somerville and in Cambridge. Rev Clinics always puts the patient's needs first, now offering infused hot and cold beverages, including coffee and apple cider pods. Rev Clinics can be found at 67 Broadway in Somerville and 110 Fawcett Street in Fresh Pond, Cambridge. For Seth Werby, our director, Steve Helmuth, and Sean Horgan, who brought you in here today, we're going to give him a shout-out, too. Is that okay? <laughs> Sean is the best PR guy in Boston, if you need. PR, I uh, want to get your brand out there. You can come through us at Cannabis Creative Group and we'll get you set up with them or you can find him by searching his name online. But honestly, the probably the best PR guy I've ever met, let alone in Boston. So, Well, he uh, found uh, me. He's a superstar. Which is super as far as I'm concerned, right? I, I, he should be your next guest because he has a lot to share as well. He is a, a fantastic uh, resource and uh, admittedly knows everybody uh, in, in the state, let alone in the cannabis space. Well, thank you very much, Seth. Uh, that'll do it for another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. We'll see you and hear you next time on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.